Welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hemmerker. In each episode, she'll talk with your favorite romantic suspense authors. They will take you behind the scenes of the writing process, giving excerpts from their writing, and share stories about their writing life. Hello, and welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense. I'm your host, Sarah Hamaker, and I'm so glad you joined me. This episode, you're going to hear about this month's new releases in Christian Romantic Suspense. I hope you will enjoy hearing from your favorite Romantic Suspense authors as they talk about the background of their latest books. So Laura Conaway is up next, and she's going to talk about her latest Romantic Suspense, Silencing the Witness. So welcome back to my show, Laura. Thanks. It's great to be back, Sarah. So we're going to talk about the heroine. Um, What did she want to be when she grew up? And did she actually become that person in this book? Yeah, so Avery dreamed of being a teacher and helping people meet their full potential um, as a kid. And I am just excited to say that, yeah, she has achieved that dream. She is teaching, um, but her career is in jeopardy um, when her identity in the Witness Protection Program is exposed. Ooh, yeah, that, that can really put a damper on one's career when yeah. someone is trying to kill you. So um, let's switch to your hero, and what is holding him back from finding love? Yeah, so Seth believes that he's inferior and too weak to protect and care for someone. Um, and so specifically, he's not about to let himself fall for Avery um, because he also blames himself for her brother's death. Ah, uh, yeah. That can that can make things a little a little tricky. So your villain, obviously, he's he's trying to silence the witness. You know, the title does tell us a little bit, but yeah. it doesn't tell us that one redeeming quality about your villain. So share that with us. Yes, I would say my villain is loyal to their people. Um, that they're not going to abandon them, and they're very steadfast in that. Yeah, which are really great qualities. Except, of course, if what they're steadfast and loyal about is like breaking the law, for example. Exactly. But, yeah. So let's talk about the setting for this particular story. If it's a real place, what is one thing that you change to make the story fit the setting or the setting fit the story, I guess it should say? Yeah. So this was a town. It was based off of a place in Pennsylvania, and I just added um, a conference retreat center that played a role in the story as a safe haven for the characters and just added lots and lots of forest because who doesn't like running through the woods not knowing where you're going? Oh, everyone, everyone. That's the number one thing that when we go camping, we want to go running through the forest and not know where we're going. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's good to put our characters in those sticky situations. So, yeah, I love it that we can create those, those forests and, and other places as well. So let's, yeah. let's talk about the, um, the underlying positive message of this story. Yeah, this is such a sweet part to be able to write. Um, so I would say this message here is just a reminder that when we're weak, um, it's actually Christ's strength that will carry us. Um, and we can always run to the Lord as a refuge when we're having times of trouble. Yeah, that's always a good reminder. I don't think we can ever be reminded too much about that. Absolutely. So we're going to um, end our short time together today, Laura, with uh, what is the tagline for silencing the witness? Yes, I would say I have actually an overarching tagline for all my stories that I try to incorporate um, in each book. Okay. So for silencing the witness, um, I would say it also includes this idea of triumph through tragedy, where the greatest story ever told meets everyday life. 
Um, so my hope is that you'll see more of Jesus in my stories and the triumph that he brings. Ah, well, thank you for sharing about your work today. Thank you so much for having me again, Sarah. I'm delighted that my next guest is Robin Patchen, and we're talking about her latest book, Rescuing You. So welcome back to my show, Robin. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, let's get right into it with your heroine. Um, and I, this is one of my favorite questions. Uh, what did she want to be when she grew up, and did she actually become that person? You know, it's a, I love this question because it's so different from my heroine. She grew up uh, in Iraq in a strict Muslim household. So what she wanted to be and what she became were two very different things, or what she thought she would be. She, what she had this dream, she grew up when the Americans were like all over the place there um, after the war, and so she had this dream of going to America and going to university and getting a job and you know just being, being like a free woman, essentially. But mm-hmm. she was in a strict Muslim household, so she knew she was going to grow up and have to marry the man that her dad chose for her and be a mom and a wife in Iraq. That was, the, that was what she thought her fate was, and she became a believer when she was in her teens and she really was afraid of what would happen if her family found out, so she ran away. And she didn't make it to America, but she made it to Germany, and she went to university, and she was free, and she was able – she was doing all the things she always wanted to do. The only thing she, was that her sister wasn't with her because they had always dreamed of doing that together. So she kind of uh, almost did. <clears throat> uh, and then this, the way the story turns out, you know, maybe, maybe she gets there. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Can't give it away. Not too many secrets. I can't give it away. <clears throat> yeah. So um, let's talk about your hero. Um, what is his greatest fear in this book? Well, so when Michael was a kid, he was told, keep an eye on your brothers this one particular day. And he told the next brother down, he was like, you, you take care of the little ones. I am going to go do my thing. And when he did that, um, his second youngest brother actually fell and um, from a, like a cliff. Long story, of mm. course. But anyway, yeah. broke his leg, really crushed his leg, and it just changed his life. And Michael got this idea at that time that if I don't stay in control, bad things are going to happen. So he is afraid of not being in control. He needs to control everything about him and his greatest fear is that he is going to let let something slip through his fingers and someone's going to get hurt yeah yeah and we all know how that's going to turn out for him (laughs) Uh yes we yes we do all right so um what about your villain what what made you decide to pick this particular person um to be the bad guy in this book it's funny because about halfway through the book, when I was writing it, I realized my villain is really dull. So I actually invented this. I invented this person in the middle of the book and went back and wrote him all the way from the beginning <laughs> because it, I thought I need to have somebody who's more personal. And so um, my, her- you know, my heroine's goal is to live her own life and make her own choices. Her goal is to be free. And she's been mm-hmm. taken back to Iraq. That's how the book starts. And so her father has chosen a um, a husband for her, and he is the one who's after her. And Ooh. she loathes him. And so it just made the whole getting away so much more personal because I have this kind of horrible man um, who who wants her. He wants. He's like, yes, I. You have been promised to me, and I am going to 
get you, you know. So it's mm. kind of, it was kind of fun to write. It was kind of creepy to write, but <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes our villains are a little creepy and, you know, I'm with you, Robin. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, yeah, I kind of like writing them <laughs> in a weird sort of way. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> exactly. So um, it sounds like this book was not set a lot in America. So what was the, one of the biggest challenges in writing the book in the settings that you put it in? I mean, what in the world possessed me to think I could write a book that took place in Iraq? Have I ever <laughs> been to Iraq? I have not. You know that if you Google Earth Iraq, you hardly get anything. It's mostly blocked. I was like, oh, gosh. I found myself um, uh, Googling things like, are there bushes in the desert in Iraq? Just so you know, Google doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it was really a challenge to write this book because, obviously, I've never been there. And um, so I've... I was like watching documentaries, mostly just to get the footage so I could see what it looked like there. Mm. You know, I've been to the desert in New Mexico. It's not the same. They're not all the same. Um, so that was really a challenge. And it's just such a different culture. And I wanted to respect the culture and respect, um, the, you know, like my villains are Iraqi and they're bad. But then my heroine's also Iraqi and she's wonderful. So I was trying to really make it. I was, I was just trying to be really respectful of this culture that I don't understand very well. So um, anyway, I hope I did it. And then I did have them go through Turkey, which I've also never been, but my son has been there, so I knew a little bit about it. And then I have been to Greece, and so that was fun. Finally, I was like, yes, we're in Greece. I know this place. <laughs> <laughs> this I can write about with authority. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah. But but isn't it wonderful that we can, I mean, we can watch documentaries, we can research online, um, and, you know, just so much more information. We're allowed to take our people, our characters, to places that we've never been, but we can, you know, make it authentic. So I think that that's the, one of the fun parts about writing. Um, I think so, too. I love to travel, and so I don't actually get to go to all these places, but I get to study them, so that's fun. Yes, definitely. Um, so what what's the underlying positive message of this story? Uh, for both my hero and my heroine, they, they really need to learn um, to trust each other. At one point, my heroine realizes that it's not that I just trust him, it's that I just trust God. God sent this man, the, the hero, to rescue me, mm. and I mm-hmm. have pushed back every step of the way. And so she has to learn hey, you know what, I should trust God that he knew what he was doing and he sent this man. And for Michael, it's like I need to learn to trust that this is going to be okay and I don't have to control every aspect of it. I actually might need some help here. So the underlying message is we have a God who loves us and he's on our side and sometimes we just need to let go of the reins a little and, um, and trust the people around us to do what they know how to do best. Yeah, yeah, that's a great message. <clears throat> message for us all. So we're going to um, close our short time together with um, what is what is rescuing you? What is the tagline for this book? The tagline is she was snatched off the street by terrorists and it's all his fault. Ah, I love yeah. that. It ties into the yeah. where your heroine grew up and your hero's greatest fear. <laughs> exactly. It's got all the things. It's got all the all things. The thing. yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for sharing about your book on my show today, Robin. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you.
And now we're going to hear from Loretta Edson about her new release, The Marines' Deadly Reunion. So welcome to my show, Loretta. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited to talk about um, this deadly reunion this poor Marine has. But before we get to him, um, let's talk about your heroine. Uh, What did she want to be when she grew up? And did she actually become that person in this story? Daria Gordon is actually the heroine in this story. And she wanted to be a nurse when she grew up, but uh, she actually did not. She went and she worked a little bit in a hospital, which is not in the story, but she um, wanted to help people. And she Mm. encountered so many, she encountered so many people that uh, she saw injured from different crimes, crimes and stuff that she decided to become a police. So no, she did not become the nurse that she wanted to be. She became a cop. Well, that's still someone who helps people. So she's, she got halfway there, I think. That's right, she did. <laughs> so she's obviously not the Marine of your Deadly Reunion story here, so um, that must be your heroine, your hero. So well, what's, um, what's holding him back from finding love in this story? Well, uh, Jake, Jake Fisher, he's the, uh, the U.S. Marine, and um, he had just been given sole custody of his 18-month-old niece after his sister and brother-in-law were murdered. And so he doesn't know how to care for a baby, and he feels he needs to figure it out before he starts sharing his attention and love with anyone else. So he's he feels like he's in a catch-22 because he cares about Daria, but he can't he can't pull her into the scene until he figures out how to take care of the baby. Oh, that's so sweet. But come on, doesn't he realize she can help him? Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sure he's know, going right? to. <laughs> so let's let's figure that out. But yeah, yes, yes. So, well, you have to read the book to find out how. <clears throat> um, so let's talk about your villain because obviously something bad is going to happen here. So um, what 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 made you decide to make this particular person um, the bad the baddie in this story? Well, without giving too much information on the mm-hmm. villain, because um, it's kind of hidden as to who the villain really is. But while writing this story and pointing the villain toward a particular person, the reader reco- uh, discovers that the person isn't the villain after all. And it's just the way my thought processes flipped and caused a twist close to the end of the book that I decided who the villain actually is. So it it was pretty intriguing for myself, even in writing, <laughs> as to who the villain was. So I won't say if it's a he or a she. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and so for, for those of you who aren't writers and listening to this, you know, sometimes sometimes our char- sometimes things change in the book. And we realize that the person we wanted to be the... The, the mastermind behind everything, sometimes they change. So we're surprised. Sometimes we're just as surprised as you are, reader. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. So let's talk about the setting of the story. What is it and why did you decide to put this story in this particular setting? This story is in a small mountain town. And uh, actually, I picked this setting because I write Love Inspired 
and love inspired likes and they favor the small town setting. So mm-hmm. that's the only reason that I, I selected the the small town in the mountains. And I like in the mountains because there's so much you can play with there, uh, you know, running through the mountains and the challenges of mountain settings. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I mean, frankly, he doesn't love the mountains, so <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's me all the way. I take take the mountains over the beaches any day of the week, but um that's exactly. that's just my personal thing. So, <clears throat> you know, I know some some books are easy to write themselves and some are some are more challenging. For you, what was the hardest part of writing um this particular story with these characters and setting? Well, uh, I think the hardest part of writing the book, uh, but also the most enjoyable, was making sure the actions, the words spoken, and um, the food by little Emma were in line <clears throat> with her age. Uh, mm. Making sure her little character is on target with her age. Um, I had to hang around some of my great-grandbabies and ask my granddaughter's questions to confirm the accuracy. I even looked up on the Internet do, the, do babies talk at this age? <laughs> right. So, yeah, that was, I think that was kind of my most challenging part was making sure um, Emma was behaving according to her age. Yeah, I mean, I love that you did that research because um, I find it sometimes amusing when they have, like, you know, a six-week-old baby sitting up, and I'm like, okay, come on, people. Yeah. <laughs> This is not happening here, but, you know, try, I mean, I know all kids are different, but to, to have a more of a generalization and know what's possible and what's not so that our stories are believable um, is important. So, but yeah, it can be challenging sometimes to do that. So we're going to close our short time together for this particular interview on uh, what is your book's tagline? What, what do we need to know about Maureen's Deadly Reunion? To keep a child safe. They must outrun a killer. Ooh, all right. (laughs) There you go. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Loretta. And um, the Marines Deadly Reunion is available now. So thanks again for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hammerker. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. You can sign up to receive notifications of upcoming podcasts and listen to previous editions at sarahhammakerfiction.com.